So as the Triumph song says, the days grow shorter and the nights are getting long. It seems like we're running out of time. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. In this episode, talking about foraging, as well as a look back at the 2022 season, what worked and what didn't. So as the Triumph song says, the days grow shorter and the nights are getting long. It seems like we're running out of time. I can feel a change in my bones. The garden's almost put away for the season. There's not that much left. We have some squash that's left. The firewood is getting stacked. It's dropped down to about 40 degrees at night, early October. I want to burrow down in the covers. I want to eat something rich and strong like a stew with carrot. I also spent a lot of time out in the woods, as we talked about in the last episode with deer hunting and scouting. And I find a lot of opportunities for gathering things that can be used for food, for medicine, and then also for seeds and cuttings for seedlings on my property. Uh, The shagbark hickory nuts are starting to drop. Now, shagbark hickory is a is a tree that takes really long to develop any nuts, over 10 years. I've got a seedling that is barely a couple of inches tall, and the second year is not much better. And all of a sudden, it'll suddenly sprout up. It takes 10 years for it to bear any nuts. The bark is falling off. It looks like something's wrong with the tree, but that's just the way it is. It's called shag bark. And the nuts are perfect. They're some of the best nuts Kiva Silver at Twisted Tree Farms uses it also to press out oil as vegetable oil. The local school has two chestnut trees that my friend planted several years ago. He had dreams of showing the kids chestnuts roasting by the open fire, and he either gave up on that idea because it took so long for the nuts to come out, or it was dismissed as a legal issue by the school. So every year, I go down there and get buckets of chestnuts, eat some of them, and then I sprout the rest. You can see some pictures in the show notes of the trees that I've created from that. I buy either tree pot pots that can grow seedlings. They're really long pots, or else I stick them in a five-gallon bucket. So what I do is I grab the chestnuts, I take them home, I put them in a bucket of sand. I tried regular potting soil, but sometimes they would rot. So I put them in a bucket of sand with holes drilled in the top and bottom. I let them sit for the winter time, and then in April, they'll be sprouted out. And then I take those sprouts and either put them in the ground in a raised bed, or I put them into tree pots or five-gallon buckets. After they grow out for a year, then I transplant them where I want them to go. I just got done processing pawpaws that I gathered down at the creek, and pawpaws are this interesting fruit it doesn't last it's basically it tastes somewhat between a banana and vanilla custard it has a lot of big seeds especially the ones that are wild around the creeks around here they're not quite like the eastern cultivars but they're unique they're really good you have to get them when they're ripe Um, I eat them fresh and then save the seeds and then I also scoop out the, the pulp and then save that in the freezer for a treat right in the middle of the wintertime. They get almost a caramelized taste to them when I eat them in the wintertime like that. Both last year and this year, driving through the park, I saw two abandoned pear trees. And they were kind of scraggly looking. 
but they had pears galore. So we pulled over and, and harvested some of those. So keep your eyes open for opportunities like that. There's so much fruit and things that you could gather from the forest at this time. It also has the same thing in, this, in the springtime. So there used to be what's called the weeks of want in the springtime. This is when your stored food had run out and the spring crops or the spring greens hadn't really come in yet. But you could go into the forest and get fiddleheads. You could go and get um, plantain. You could go in and find greens. Like Perpin said, there's some henbit that you could gather and add to your salad. There's sorrel. There's other things that you could grow as a perennial that can augment and be foraged in the springtime before the rest of the greens and before your spring garden comes out. So check that out. I've got some bloody dock and I have some other regular sorrel. I also have plantain and some of that plantain lasted around and I used it throughout the summertime. I have autumn olive growing on my property. In some states this is seen as a invasive plant because the berries will be carried by birds and then it just goes all over the place. Sometimes the autumn olive can come up with thorns. But I have several trees growing on my property and the berries are really good for making a oxymel, which is you put it into a blender, you blend it up with some distilled water, you strain out the seeds and then add it with a little bit of of raw honey and then a splash of raw apple cider vinegar and that can be used to boost your immunity autumn olive especially the red ones have some of the highest levels of lycopene even higher than tomatoes it can be used to boost your immunity during the winter time especially when you get it feel a cold coming on and then there's echinacea and other herbs so echinacea is growing on my property you can also find it out in the wild you can gather the seed heads as well as dig up some of the roots and then use it as a tincture that can be used to boost your immunity when you have a cold. So you dig up some of the roots, you clean them off, you just dump them into a mason jar and fill it up with vodka, let it sit for a month and then strain it. And that can be used like cough syrup. It can be used to boost your immunity. I used it throughout flu season last year. You don't want to use it too often, only when you're sick. And it will boost your immunity and help you get over that cold. Then there are apples. So one of the things that's really interesting is that apples are not like they are in the store. The apples in the store are huge. They're really watery. Some of them are not that tasty. Either that or they're artificially almost too sweet. They're not just right, whereas most apples in the wild, they're lobular. Sometimes they've got some bug damage or whatever else. And sometimes going all the way from crab apples up to more wild apples or stuff that's been cross-pollinated with other apples, it'll have a unique, interesting taste. You can even take those seeds and put them in the ground, start them up as seedlings, let them grow out. Um, Mark Shepard did this. You let them grow up, stun method, just leaving them alone, plant them really close together, and then see which ones have good fruit. Cut down the ones that don't, and you can even graft onto them. If none of them have good fruit, you could graft onto them. I watched a video here recently from Skill Cult where he tasted some of his apples that he had cross-pollinated, and some of them were good, some of them were not. 
some of them will get cut down some of them will get crossed with other apples to see if he can make a better variety it's also time to start scouting out what you can come back in February and take cuttings of whether it's pawpaws if you really like a tree that seems to have the best pawpaws the biggest pawpaws the least seeds in your wild cultivars out by the creek then you could come back and take a scion from that that's a one-year growth you can cut that off and then take it and graft it onto a pawpaw seedling or rootstock if you like an apple tree in the forest you could go back and take a scion of that elderberry and mulberry are really good for doing this too so elderberry i'll choose the elderberry bushes that seem to grow the best a lot of them outperform the plants around them so i like to cut them back so i will go in february or march and i will cut huge sticks off of them i tried using them as cuttings and sticking them in soil but that didn't really work too well it, it didn't transfer when it when summer came so what i do now is i just take the stick and i stick it into the ground and every time i stick an elderberry into the ground just a stick then it usually comes up and and goes to town and then i have elderberry in that new spot Mulberries a little bit more finicky. You usually have to start that in a pot and develop cuttings off of that. So as you move into fall, take that breather. It's time for a pause. It's time to rest. It's time to start to plan for next year. It's time to dream. It's time to design that intentional life. It's also time to look back to gauge your success and also embrace your failure. And yes, failure is an option you'll learn and then you'll be able to apply it for next year so this year 2020 year in review this year I grew corn for the first time in a long time I grew astronomy domine which is from Joseph Lofthouse it did really well until the deer figured out a low spot in my fence and came over and ate it <laughs> I had one corn cob that survived all of it yes Failure is an option. I grew tomatoes from saved seed from last year. Last year I saved seed from a cross of Amish paste tomatoes and pineapple tomatoes and they failed miserably this year. Part of it was because it was really hot and they just didn't develop. They turned green but didn't really create too many tomatoes. They never ripened. It was just a failure all around. So I'll have to try another variety and then cross some other varieties. Moringa. Moringa is a tropical plant. It has leaves that are really high in protein. It won't grow in my garden. It only grows in the greenhouse. So I grew three to four plants of that in the greenhouse this year. And it did fantastic. Just like last year, it grew all the way up to the roof of the greenhouse. As soon as it started getting cold, once it get down below 45, then it started turning, the leaves started turning yellow. I stripped them off like a goat strips leaves off of plants. And right now I'm dehydrating them. I'll turn, I'll take them, put them in a coffee grinder and turn them into powder and then add them to my smoothies. I've also been using them in my salads. This year was very good for chestnut seedlings. As I said, I grew them for the first time right stored them for the first time in sand over the winter time they developed sprouts maybe even a little bit got a little bit leggy in the sprouts I used tree pots for the first time this year and that worked really well um, some of them I stored in the greenhouse and they got a little too warm 
so I'll have to balance that in years coming up but I have a lot of chestnut seedlings that now I can transplant out the chestnuts that I planted back in 2019 they were two-year-old chestnuts that I got from Twisted Tree Farm from Akiva Silver they developed burrs for the first time this year I'm waiting to see what the chestnuts look like they're really small so it's the first year but that is success in my book so how did 2022 go for you Leave comments and lessons learned on the website, on Twitter at Thriving the Fute, or join our Telegram channel and tell us what worked for you and what didn't. We can all learn from each other. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. Also, check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and join our conversation on Twitter at thriveinthefute or join our Telegram channel. Simply go to the Thrive in the Future website. On the right sidebar, there's a link to the Telegram channel. This episode was produced by Scott Miller, copyright 2022, thriveinthefuture.com. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast... Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast, I'm talking with Matt from farmhoplife.com and his 20 by 23 project. So next summer, he's going to hit the road and travel around to farms and homesteads to lend a hand with whatever the owners need in order to finish a project, to plant hundreds of trees, to harvest plants, to process livestock, etc. So check out his podcast as well, Farm Hop Life, at farmhoplife.com. Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter.